No, I go in that group, it makes me smile every day because there are nutty people out there saying, look at my new pens! <laughs> I bought some post-it notes, look at them, aren't they lovely? And it just, it's hilarious, but yeah. it's brilliant. It's like these kindred spirits across the world who yeah. have strange yeah. obsessions with notebooks and stationery. It's yeah. just brilliant. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows, I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future. But rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter. And today Joe's interviewing Sophie Drury of Brand Kitchen. Joe got to know Sophie at the end of last year via social media when she saw Sophie's ultimate diary planner advertised and bought one for her friend for Christmas. She was added to the Facebook group and got to know more about Sophie and what she does so the next natural step was to ask her to come on the podcast. Since 2003 Sophie aka the Queen of Brand has helped thousands of women in business create an awesome brand, be more productive and achieve a better work-life balance. Sophie an award-winning entrepreneur has launched and run three successful businesses all while being a full-time mum. She was blessed with a daughter at just 19 so knows exactly how hard getting the work-life juggled act right can be. An advocate of continuous personal development, Sophie applies leading edge techniques to help others make a healthy income from a business they love while enjoying a better quality of life. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Sophie Jury of Brand Kitchen. Hi Sophie, great to have you with me. Hello, hello, thank you for having me. Really good to, to have you here. So start by telling us a bit about you, what you do and where you do it. Gosh, uh, in a nutshell, I do uh, a, kind of three things but they blend very well together. So I do uh, one-to-one consultancy and coaching when it comes to doing anything to do with branding, marketing and business strategy. And I also run a design print business which I've been running for 13 years so they obviously blend very well so that the, the expertise I've gained through 13 odd years of working with businesses of all sizes doing their marketing materials uh, both online and offline obviously gives me insight to help people with their businesses when it comes to their marketing strategy and the way they get their brand message across as well so those are the kind of main two core things that I do uh, when I say the third thing that is brand kitchen which is very much a big thing they're all kind of as important as each other but Brand Kitchen is all about kind of the next step of, of giving especially startups but anyone really in business lots of free tips and tools of, of how they can really make the most of their branding and uh, and 
get access to my brain without having to pay for it. But then also I've got some online courses and workshops and bits there, which are the kind of lower end uh, price-wise for people to get in and access the materials that they need to DIY their branding, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And where do you do all of this, this packed schedule of business? I, I do it all from home. I work from home. I've worked from home for years. I've, I've worked from home because I've worked around my daughter. And there have been times where I've gone into an office, but you know what? It just fits well with me to be able to do it from home because mm-hmm. I work. I can then work slightly bizarre hours, but it, it, it fits in with me, uh, especially the early mornings, uh, yeah. to be able to do that. But, yeah, do it from home. But then I will also have the odd client where I go out to see them. I run workshops both locally and also online so it's a bit of a mixture but generally speaking I'm comfy comfy at home in my lovely little office tinkering away on my computer. Lovely. So, <laughs> so as a fellow runner of more than one business how do you how do you find that you sort of work out your days to, to sort of split across across the different businesses? Thankfully at the moment, my businesses are all very much part of the same thing, so it's much easier. There have been times in previous years when I've run properly more than one business, so they've been different sectors, so like an online directory for the for the holistic businesses I ran for three years, and then this, and although you think that they might be able to gel, it's actually quite a challenge, and it ends up being very challenging because you literally do have to split yourself in half to be able to do multiple things and it it becomes much more of a right I've got to schedule in what I'm going to do when whereas with what I'm doing at the moment although there are different aspects aspects to the work in that you've got kind of design and print you've got managing jobs you've got actually working with clients you've got creating strategy you've got marketing the business and all those elements it is all at least part of the same area if you will Mm -hmm. it's all along the branding marketing business yes subject yeah. so it's easier to kind of work around that but it's no different to any other business owner in the fe- in the sense that you've got different elements of the work that you've got to do so it's just a matter of of planning your day really into uh, a bit more of a structured way but i tend to for client work maybe plan in maybe 3 or 4 hours in a day for client work on the basis that there's always ad hoc stuff that comes in that i'm not expecting and uh, what i try and do is get to a point where actually i stop working at 5 and then I, but if I need to, I'll work early in the morning rather than late at night to try mm. and fit things mm. in if I need to. But generally speaking, I am, I do love a plan, but I'm also uh, not necessarily the most fantastic at implementation. Sometimes I am absolutely flipping amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a misplanner implementation princess, but other times I uh, don't. I'm not quite as productive as I would like to be. Yeah. But. I do find, yeah, I have a kind of rough idea in my mind of of what I'm going to do, but it it very much depends on the workflow. Some days there's a lot of work to to get done, and some days there's a lot of admin to get done. So it is a bit ad hoc as to what shouts the loudest, really. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So so tell me a bit about what happens in the morning. I can't hear an echo, so you're fine. Uh, in the morning, uh, generally speaking, my daughter's 15, so and we've recently moved, which means that what used to be a, a pretty much non-existent school run, because she's obviously older and she could wander into school to her heart's content mm-hmm. and back again, we're now a 20-minute drive away. So there's now school runs uh, twice a day, which is uh, which has added a, a certain element into 
create tracking time. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> I, I, another, you're talking an hour to and somebody, a half to find in a day. Yeah, you're talking to somebody who uh, had had a, had the car. We, we share a car because I work from home or go to London, so I don't need one. And I had the car the other day, and my husband phoned me at quarter to six and just said, oh, just checking you're coming to get me and pick Ellie up from school. And I was like, do you know what? I was expecting you to walk through the door any minute now oh my goodness because she's finished she has to be out by six otherwise we get charged extra and I was still at home waiting for them <laughs> so, so I know that thing about uh, school runs getting in the way of work <laughs> yeah and it's that thing that in the morning it's good and then you you kind of feel like you can't get started yet and then you get back and you kind of throw yourself into it but then you're conscious of that three o'clock time do you have to whiz out the door to go and grab her but mm -hmm. at the same time uh, so in sorry, I went off pat off completely off track then. So in the mornings, if I've got a really full on week or day, then I will often set the alarm for half past five, and I will totter across into my office in my gym jams and sit and plow through work until about half past seven, and then I'll get up and get dressed, do the school run, and then do whatever needs doing. I quite enjoy that. I'm quite happy doing that because it's very quiet and I feel very productive at that time in the morning. And there's nothing like getting to eight in the morning and thinking I've already done three hours work and I'm feeling brilliant. Mm. Uh, I'll even do that if there's no school run. I have been known to get up at half five and then suddenly appear at about 11 o'clock in the morning still in my gym jams and say, God, we probably ought to get dressed. <laughs> my, hair, my hair's still wet and it's quarter to two. I had a bath about half an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, so I agree. That is a funny thing. Yeah, when you're self-employed, but at the same time, you can get you can get some seriously good work done. Obviously, because a lot of my work is creative. Mm. Although it's nice to think that you're constantly creative, and if you just throw it yourself and do it, there are times where you have to just get on and do it. But there are also days where I'm in better flow than others, and when you're in that flow, it is good to continue in that flow because you produce some really cracking work. And although you don't necessarily produce bad work on off days it is nice to really embrace that moment of creativity when it's there mm -hmm. uh, and and make the most of it and then obviously when you're not feeling creative to do some admin <laughs> <laughs> but yeah mornings if I'm doing the school run it is uh, either catching up on as much sleep as I possibly can before getting up or it will be early start and massively productive start to the morning so my whole day is mapped out and then I can really crack on and get that done so that it's a good day. Mm. I, but I generally, I, I am a morning rather than an evening worker. It does sound quite flexible. You just said, you know, sometimes you'll just catch up on your sleep rather than, than work. Do you, do you sort of try and plan the shape of the week or is it literally how you're feeling? And how much work you've got. <laughs> it depends. Yeah, it totally depends on what's booked in. So this week, on Monday, I ran three workshops. So from 10 till 1, 2 till 5, and 7 till 9, I was running workshops. And that was a long day. So I got up at half 5 on that day. Hmm. And then I got home at about 10 o'clock in the evening. And that was a really big work day for me in terms, of, in terms of delivering but then of course you've got all the planning and everything that went into that so the week before was quite busy mm. and then because but because I was it was a full-on day I'm very conscious I, I, I have a, a quite a holistic approach to life so I'm very conscious of catching up with my sleep because if I'm tired I just don't function as well my, my mental clarity is not there so I I then made sure that I slept in the next morning. When I say sleep, slept in, it's till like kind of seven, half past seven. Uh, so then you're up and school runs and bits and pieces in the morning. But if I do lots and lots, I can do maybe a week of half, half, half past fives. Mm -hmm. But 
it, usually there'll be maybe one day in between them. If I do like a couple of half fives, I'll then usually have a day off of doing a half five because <laughs> I just need my sleep. I do need my sleep to be able to function properly, and it's to the benefit of everybody. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, it yeah. does depend on the day. But you know, sometimes it may be that you have an afternoon off or you've got a lunch meeting. It's not necessarily, uh, especially with things like meetings, they're very tricky with customers because sometimes they're meetings where you're being paid for the time but in a, a large majority of cases you are going to have a meeting with the potential of being paid for that for something later so you're not actually gaining any financial benefit for that time at that moment but you're kind of planting seeds and developing relationships and all of that jazz mm -hmm. but it's still unproductive work it's work you're not getting paid for so that time in my mind then usually needs to be made up at another time it's a bit I see it as a bit of a jolly if you will mm. so if you go for a nice lunch meeting or a networking meeting it's really nice and it's good fun and it can potentially lead to work but I do often view that as a bit of a jolly so therefore if I knew I was going out say at midday for an hour or a couple of hours for a meeting I would make sure that I was up at half five that morning to make up for that time to make sure that I got what needs to be done done also, because if you go out, especially for things like lunch meetings and afternoon meetings, it does tend to destroy the afternoon. So it's just good to know that you've got the really important bits done in the morning so yeah. you can chill out, relax and enjoy that rest of the day. Yes. And that sort of leads me on to think about the evening. You talked about sort of planning to finish at a certain time, although sometimes that, that may not be the, the case. But do you try and plan in a certain routine so that you do sort of do other things and you do sort of wind down so that that you're um you're getting to sleep early enough so that you can get up so early the next day yeah do you know i used to try and burn the midnight uh, try and do both times i used to work in the mornings and i used to then work in the evenings and it, it didn't please anybody uh because there is I've, I've got my other half that i live with i've got my daughter she's now 15 I've been in business for 13 years so it's uh, i've gone kind of gone through when she was little and bedtime routines and all of that but what I found was if I was working in the evenings, I it stresses me out because you've got uh, the dinner to prepare, you've got laundry to put on, you've got baths and showering and all of that sort of stuff. And then you do need to find some unwind time. So I was finding I wasn't spending any quality time with the people in my life that matter very much to me who I obviously live with we were kind of ships passing in the night so I was obviously stressed out and the work was kind of getting done but not necessarily to its best because it's one of those things that I find if you hurl yourself at it for an hour and then you uh, do really productive stuff then you can chill out after that it's better than dragging stuff out over five hours mm. at the same amount of stuff it's far better to get more done in less time so what I made a kind of rule with myself that once I'd done the school run pretty much I would stop work and then that would be family time which meant that I had the brain space and I could relax and, and do the cooking of the food and then all the other bits and pieces and then we can sit down as a family in the evening so that's what we tend to do mm. sometimes I work there are days that I work I'm a terror for going on social media in the evening <laughs> pretending <laughs> yeah, it's, it's social but <laughs> yeah. yeah well I've got so much that I manage on social media in terms of groups and pages and everything else that it takes the pressure off me if I can keep up to date with it so I do check it very regularly but mm. if there's an, an advert break or something comes on I can I'll, I'll just flick onto my phone and have a quick look through and answer some stuff mm -hmm. yeah generally speaking I do like to have the evening to be together even if it's just kicking back and, and watching a film I do love 
films and television stuff, I tend to get quite obsessive. <laughs> Your book set? Yeah. My other half will be going, oh, do we have to be watching this now? And you go, yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> My daughter's... So you have to find, yeah, you've got to find some time to unwind and just spend time with family because yeah. otherwise you go. Yeah, my daughter's a bit of a telly addict. If she if she uh, gets the opportunity, and somebody at school, she's only nine. Somebody at school recommended the Don't Tell the Bride. So we've had sort of rather a lot of those to to watch recently. She's gone off the boil a bit now though. So hopefully we'll move on to something a bit more uh, intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a bit about more about how you manage your your tasks and your to do list. We've touched on this a bit as we've talked about your routines, but you just sound like you you get through so much and you have got so much to do. How do you make sure that you get everything done and, and in in the timely sort of way to, to a good quality to think about the old project management standards <laughs> well I have quite high expectations of what I expect myself to do which was pointed out to me very bluntly by one of my friends who's a hypnotherapist we were, I was chatting to him he said you do realize you do set quite high uh, expectations I said well I just feel like I can do so much better all the time so I'm always looking for ways to do things better mm -hmm. I do, as I said, you, some days are really brilliant and productive, some days less so, but a way that helps me do that is my to-do list, and I have multiple of them. So I have basically... <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got, a, I've got a team that I work with as well, so I've got to be thinking, what are they doing? Have, have they got a list that's, that's functional? Are they finished? Do I need to give them something else to do? Where mm. are we at? What, what do I need to do? There's all this. Yeah. Where And especially with things like the design work, you've got you've got various stages so you've got to quote the work you've got to design the work you've got to proof the work when the, when you've got to do any edits then once it's finally approved you then got to obviously order it and invoice for it so you've got to keep track of where you are with multiple clients with all of those as well so there's a lot to keep in your mind mm. so Basecamp is brilliant for that it's a product uh, we've tried Freedcamp and some of the other ones and there are lots of really good ones but that's the one that I like best and I've only actually just gone on to Basecamp 3 which is the new Thing which they they brought the cost right down it, which is brilliant. So and and I am really enjoying it. But there's a campfire feature, which is a bit like Skype or private message, mm. but just between the people in the team on that particular project. So you can chat to each other in real time, which is very cool. Mm. But I yeah, I love Basecamp. So I've got like a master list, which is all my jobs that need to get done, particularly client jobs. And then I, they are on different to-do lists for things like uh, designing, needs proofing, needs ordering, needs invoicing. And you just drag it and drop it into wherever it needs to be. You can set deadlines on it, it emails you reminders and all of that sort of stuff. So that's my main kind of master list. And then I have my diary planner, which I know we've talked about before, yeah. uh, which I designed in December last year, uh, the year before last, 2014, because I couldn't find a diary that worked for me. So I thought I'm going to design one, and then I'll see if anybody else wants a copy, and it's kind of gone from there with that. Look what that's happened. my daily to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's going. That's getting. That's kind of morphed into something much bigger than I anticipated, which is brilliant. But I do write. That is crammed full of to-dos that I need to get done that day or that week. I do kind of try and look at the week and see what needs to be done when, and then I tick them off as I go. And then if it's really urgent and needs to be right in front of my face, not to be forgotten, I will put it on a post-it note and sometimes stick that post-it note on my hand or on my <laughs> phone 
<laughs> so literally I can't move without seeing it there that it needs to get done and sometimes I have to be that strict with myself because my brain can be a bit like a sieve at times. Yes, I'm, I'm really interested in the, the planner in that you are quite an online person, you, you're using Basecamp which obviously is online and you know working with other people you know that, that obviously makes sense anyway um, but you like a lot of my guests so far on the podcast use paper I, I personally don't I, I bought your planner for my friend and I've got the um, uh, uh, the online version sort of thing for, for the pages that, that are useful but I generally do everything online so you are very online but you wanted something on paper tell me a bit more about how that works for you I have to have it on paper I'm a bit of a stationary <laughs> nut I love it I love I, I am happily and I'm very proud to admit that I'm a stationary holic completely. I love everything about stationary. If if you send me into a paper chase or waterstones or anything, I will quite happily just you can find me just stroking pages of notebooks and <laughs> and I get terribly excited about pens and all sorts of uh, peculiar things, post-it notes and all sorts of stuff. I just find the whole thing. I, I'm very arty crafty. So when I was First starting out, I did lots of handmade cards and wedding stationery and things like that. I've always enjoyed painting. I did art at school and design and technology. So I've always been into kind of that sort of creativity in the more physical sense. Since I've been busier and busier and busier at work, I find I don't really have time to do the crafty things that I really love. So I guess the closest I come to that these days, although I'd love to pick up a paintbrush and spend hours painting, I just haven't got the head I haven't got kind of the headspace mindset for it at the moment mm -hmm. I can at least enjoy writing it down in my planner which is lovely and bright colors and I choose I'm very specific about what pens I use <laughs> I know. I've got my fountain pen and I, I must tick things off in a different color and I'm it's I'm, I'm very peculiar about the whole thing but I do find that although I've got the online stuff which is brilliant I've got the Google Calendar and all this sort of stuff, and it's it's essential for me. I definitely need it, but there's nothing quite beats scribbling stuff down on a piece of paper and then ticking it off and, and being able to reference it and feel it and yeah. I don't know. It just makes it more tangible. I don't think you are that peculiar because you run a Facebook group for people who use the planner, don't you? And nearly everybody in there is the same. <laughs> they have all their pens. They they swap notes on which pens they're using and what they use the colours for and everything. So you know, I don't think you're unusual. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, I go in that group. It makes me smile every day because there are nutty people out there saying, "Look at my new pens! <laughs> I bought some post-it notes. Look at them, aren't they lovely?" And it just—it's hilarious, but yeah. it's brilliant. It's like these kindred spirits across the world who yeah. have strange obsessions yeah. with notebooks and stationery. It's yeah. just brilliant. Well, I, about 20 years ago, well, I worked for Staples when um, they were in the UK. Okay. I used to do store well, walks with the store managers, I was the manager. HR manager, and at Christmas particularly, I used to have to stop halfway through the store walk to put all the stuff down that I'd picked up as I'd walked, so we were, you know, checking standards and looking at, you know, the promotions and that they'd all been put out properly and all that sort of stuff, but actually whilst we were doing that, I was going, oh, I like that, oh, that looks good, oh, I didn't know we did that, and I, by the time I got halfway around the store, I had a big pile of stationery that I was going to buy at the end of the, the uh, store walk, uh, so uh, I, I think I sort of have quite a... a an element of that even though I'm a lot more online nowadays <laughs> yeah it's just it's great it's it's a nice way of expressing I don't know I just like it there's something that I like about having a physical thing next to me and I actually have the A4 planner I've got the A5 one as well 
<laughs> but I do really like the A4 one. It's big. I can scribble lots of stuff in it, mm-hmm. and I can find things later if I think I know I wrote that down somewhere. And I try and write things in similar places. So if I've got certain like phone calls that I've received or things, I'll try and write it in the same area of the note pages or something. So when I flick through, I can find it quicker. Yes. If oh, it's yeah. in different places. But no, yeah, there's just something about writing things down yeah. on actual physical paper that is and important and brain dumping and, and I guess it's part of the creativity. I'll often scribble and draw things and do all sorts of stuff. So I, notebooks are a big part of my life and my business. Mm-hmm. So moving back on to the online side of things, what about other tools and apps um, that you use? You, you've talked about Basecamp and you mentioned briefly Google Calendar, which a lot of, again, a lot of the interviewees uh, use. Anything else that you'd recommend? When yeah, you actually emailed me some of these some some questions to give me an idea of this, and I and I saw that one, and I thought of loads. There's there's tons and tons of things that I could recommend, but then I thought, well, actually, if I go back to basics, what do I actually use every single day? And that is Dropbox. I use mm-hmm. all day, every day. It helps me. I get clients send me files. I send clients files. My team, we all work off Dropbox and and send things to each other. It is. Uh, massive 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 part of my day-to-day working of business and also I store loads of personal stuff on there as well it's just it's brilliant so Dropbox definitely up there yep my Intuos pen now most people who aren't in design uh, will not probably even know what that is but essentially you might have seen one it's the little it's not so little actually it's nearly A3 <laughs> my this little pad next to my desk so I've got my little keyboard it's actually a very little keyboard then I've got this giant pad if, if you will which is like this black thing and then, then on top of that uh, I've got a little pen which is the mouse so instead of a normal mouse I've got a pen so then I can use the pen to do what I want to do on there there's quite a few people in the graphic design industry have that you might have used one in a shop to like sign for something Right, okay. Contracts and stuff. But my, yeah, the Intuos pen is absolutely brilliant. If you're doing any sort of creative thing, it's fantastic. And if you're doing, I've got friends who do 3D drawings and artists and things that use them, and, and they are so much better than a, than a mouse because they're much more intuitive in how you use them. Yeah. So that's definitely a really cool thing. And again, something I use every day. I don't actually have a mouse, I just have my pen that I use and then another tool or app this is more the app side of things that is a big part of my business is Infusionsoft right which I guess falls under the category of CRM a lot of my clients would never use half of what Infusionsoft is capable of I don't even use half of what Infusionsoft is capable of but I do use a lot of it but I do use it every day it helps me automate processes and systemize the business in a way that frees up more time to be able to get on with the things that need to get done mm-hmm. outside of that process so it, it kind of it it helps me think in a much more structured way about how I do things and then look for solutions to do things better and it also handles all my payments for products that come through including like one-off payments and also payments over time and it also helps me do my newsletters and it helps me get sign up things done and automation and it just does loads. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> loads and loads. And lots of people call it confused. Lots of people don't like it, but I love it. I've used it now for three or four years. Yeah. And it's 
a big part of my business and it will continue to be just get more and more important really as I go yeah. forward and that presumably replaced um, a number of a number of sort of um, tools sort of, um, you started yeah. using that so email tools and shopping yes. cart tools and that sort of thing yeah that's one of the big things I talk to customers and often which is completely normal and fine you start off with you know you've got MailChimp which is doing your newsletters and then you've got Aweber maybe doing some automated stuff although MailChimp obviously does that now then you've got your emails then you've got your products that are on your website that then get to be sold and then you've got other bits and pieces that you do and all these other things and they're all separate so you've got to manage you've got to log into lots of different places you've got to manage all these different things and you're paying for all these different things separately as well especially as you start doing more and more automated stuff and Infusionsoft seems very very expensive to start with but actually once you start bolting all these other things that you have going on all together it suddenly becomes a very good value tool to have yeah and it's yeah it's just brilliant I, I think it's brilliant there are, are lots of really good CRM systems out there that are good for different businesses at different stages but it's definitely the right one for me yeah yeah so changing the subject um quite a bit now let's think about sort of relaxation and and health and sort of exercise and that sort of thing we, we talked a bit about sleep at the beginning and how important that is for you but and, and, and a bit about your um relaxing with the family in the evening what sort of other things do you do to to keep healthy and and, and to make sure that you're getting that sort of relaxation time well at the moment I am not doing as much as I would like to be doing when uh, about a year and a half ago I was in mega mega super fit mode I was going I was doing between five and eight gym classes or sessions a week so sometimes uh, mostly I was going at least three times a week sometimes every day and doing at least one class uh, or one session in the gym and I, I was it's probably the fittest I've been and then my dad passed away and I kind of fell off the face of fitness and I've been struggling a little bit to get back onto that so uh, since then I haven't done any of that sort of stuff but so it's been more walking stuff but walking is always something that I come back to there's something I, I said this morning I went for a walk this morning we got up at half six went for a walk with the dog in the woods because we now live on a 52 acre shooting ground so we've got the big woods we can walk about in the morning with the dog which is mm. lovely so I was up this morning and I said it we just needed to blow out the cobwebs so there's something about getting up especially when it's chilly wrapping up going out having a really good walk I do walk quite briskly yes. and just feeling that coldness just literally it's, it's like a feeling of blowing the cobwebs out but I do I love all that sort of stuff I went we went to Cornwall last year and I had a surfing lesson which I've never done before me and my daughter had a surfing lesson together which was hilarious two hours <laughs> falling in the water <laughs> I love uh, all just just fun stuff. I do enjoy going climbing. I did take up rock climbing, indoor rock climbing, which was really good fun. I hadn't done that before, and then I had a go with some friends, and it is one of the most challenging things ever, mentally, physically, but it's just brilliant. It's it's a, a, a completely um, it's a bit of an adrenaline rush. It's exhilarating. It's challenging because you're you're using physical muscles that you don't normally use, especially me as sitting at a computer. Yeah. You know, tippity tap with my. I've got quite good finger muscles for, for keyboards but when it comes to grappling a wall and trying to drag up my body weight it's a totally different thing so yeah fantastic definitely mm. recommend that that's really good fun 
Yeah, it sounds that sounds in, really interesting. Other than the fact that when I go for a walk, I always have to have an end point to my walk. So I need to like be going to the shop or I need to be going to drop something off or whatever. So I, I'm sure I'm not sure how the rock thing would work for me because I sort of want to get up there and have a view. <laughs> Or, or I love walking. I, we, we did the moon walk, so that's uh, in yeah. London. We did that. We've done that twice. Mm. The, the half moon walk, so it's 13 miles. But we've got some cracking walking around here. You can. Yeah. We, we have organised dog walks with friends. We'll get like 20 of us and go for a dog walk, and then go to a pub afterwards for something to eat. But yeah, like yeah. walking's fantastic. I do really enjoy it. But we live in Norfolk, and it's glorious up here. So we are spoiled when it mm. comes to nice places you can go for a walk yes yeah so what about um uh sort of development and learning you're obviously busy but you sound like you're developing as you go along um quite a lot from the fact that you've been in business for 13 years and and you know you're using new systems and processes and in developing new products and so on so what do you do to to make sure that you're sort of keeping up with stuff and and you're learning and improving what you do it never stops. I love it. I thrive on learning new things. Uh, my main kind of skill, I guess, if you will, is that kind of creative bit, and that needs feeding all the time, and uh, constantly re coming up with new ideas and feeding off that sort of stuff. So I read a lot of books. I had, a, I wanted to read 30 books last year. I didn't get. I read, I read 19. So I was a bit disappointed, but at the same time very pleased because I read some really cracking books. I have set a goal of 30 books to read this year, and I'm definitely going to do it. I'm, I'm whizzing through some books. I've already read two books so far in January, so I'm, I'm, I'm whizzing. I'm working on my third now, so I'm getting there. I'm on target. <laughs> Brilliant. Is this business books as opposed to fiction? Uh, mostly business. I do yeah. have the odd bit of fiction. I tend to go through phases. I will get very obsessive, and I'll read loads and loads and loads. Audible helps me get more into me because there's a lot of times when I can be listening to something but I can't be mm. physically reading it. Like in the bath, I'll often sit in the bath. Last night I was sitting in the bath listening to Scrum. Ah. <laughs> but, well, it's not new to me by a guy called Jeff, Jeff Sutherland, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And he is talk, it talks all about systems for businesses basically and teams and how you can make things bring things from conception to yeah. market to market really quicker and much more effectively yeah so that's really interesting I've just finished made to stick so books are definitely a big part of my personal development I also do a lot of workshops so last year I did about six workshops I went to which were out in Birmingham actually so it was a like a three between three and five hours each way to get there for a kind of 10 till 4 workshop but I did that it was one on Google Analytics so it was one on scaling and expanding your business I just I really love all that so I've done Nigel Bottle did a millionaire master plan two-day event or was it maybe even longer two or three days in again in Birmingham so I went to that mm -hmm. I've done various personal development stuff like I'm an NLP practitioner I did that in 2011 when I did my fire walk I've got done EFT which is the tapping yeah uh, one Reiki, uh, just all sorts. I just really enjoy learning new things, and I think that everything that you learn, whether it be personal or business, gives you extra insights and experiences that help you help others better and have a deeper understanding of life in general. Really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's um, really inspirational to uh, to hear about uh, how much you are doing that you can actually sort of remember. I I read a lot and do stuff, but I, I don't always sort of think back 
and sort of review it. I, I think the idea of setting targets on books and so on is good because it gives you a, a, a sort of um, incentive to record it, if you like, doesn't it? And know what you've read. And I, I find myself thinking, yeah, have I read so that? Many. I can't remember. <laughs> There's so many good ones. Yes, yeah. So exactly. Have you come across some Blinkist? Well, only about a week ago, ah. Ruby McGuire said, have you heard of this? It's really good, mm. my friend Ruby. Yeah. And I said, no. And she said, well, it's you might like it. I, I'm, I'm going to try it. I get quite, I'm again, uh, one of my peculiarities, but I, I quite like the actual process of the whole bit. So I, I don't know how I feel about a mini version of it. I might feel like I'm missing out. Yes. So I'm not sure. But I'm going to give it a whirl and see if I like it. Because if I like it, it will be really cool. Yeah, what, what I like about it, firstly, I came across it listening to a podcast a good sort of year or two ago and it was the people who'd set it up that were being interviewed and their editorial process is really robust. So the actual quality of what they do is is really good. So they have about five editors for every book. So it really is putting the, the real sort of key points on each chapter um, into the what they call blinks which are you know like a page so there's about 10 pages per book um, and one way to use it is actually really to, to to take a book and read it on there and then as a result of that choose to then read the you know spend the time reading the whole book as opposed to starting reading a book getting a quarter of the way through not really sure whether it's what you want or it's going to be that useful um, and I don't know about you I'm a bit like once I've started reading a book I really feel like I, I ought to finish it even though I know that that's ridiculous and I've got you know far too much else to do for me to do that um, so in some ways using Blinkist as a, as a way of sort of um, triaging which books you actually want to spend the time on I think is quite a good way of looking at it if you're you know, like you sound a bit like me, you know, and that, that you like to read the whole book. <laughs> I do, yeah. And, you know, I'm yet to find, there's not many books, actually, that I have picked up and, and then not wanted to finish. Mm -hmm. I guess I there are so many really good books that I really want to read and I'm fascinated about. There's there's a lot of books on my wish list for this year. Yeah. Uh, and they're real, it's a real range as well. There's a few kind of personal ones, but... And, but a lot of things that people have been recommending me, like black box thinking, which is not really traditional business development as such, but just a little bit different. Extreme ownership is another one on my list, which is written by a Navy SEAL. Yes. But, and talks about mm. kind of all sorts of bits and pieces, but it's apl applicable to business. Yeah. Just lo lots of things, really. Uh, there's a real mix of, like, Rising Strong by Brene Brown. I love Brene Brown. I read her Gifts of Imperfection last year. And I loved it. So uh, I like that because it's personal introspection. It, it was there was quite there was a couple of moments in Gifts of Imperfection that really hit home mm. and made made me feel quite emotional actually in a number of places reading that. So it's definitely one of my recommended reads. But there's just something like the the five love languages. It's one of my best reads from last year. Yeah, so I've been recommended that. I still haven't read it. So uh, maybe that's the the point where I should do it as a, as two people now have recommended it. <laughs> so um. Yeah. Changes your perception of relationships with everyone. I think being an NLP practitioner, because the training, well, the learning that goes into that, there's like 135 hours worth of CDs I listened to before doing a seven-day course. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot in there, that, but when you that already sees life from a different perspective. But the love languages, it, it just took it to another level of stuff that I hadn't considered before, and it's really, really good, and it's so true, and it. It just helps you find a way of becoming conscious of how you look after other people to develop stronger relationships, I think, is really it. Mm -hmm. it's, it is 
definitely a really good one to read. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. So before we move off recommendations, when I sent the questions, I, I, I do put in films and music as options as well. And then I don't always ask people. So I'll, I'll just mention that now in case you did have some that you'd thought of. But if not, we'll move on. <laughs> well, films, do you know, I think the biggest, because it's it's about whatever fits for you. I mean, when I watch a film, it's it's, a, it's something that I can do to relax and to release and to be in a different place. Mm -hmm. So I actually, there's films like Happy, which is a lovely one by the Shady Acre films. Tom Shadyak, who wrote Life's Instruction Manual, brilliant right. book, brilliant man. Happy's a lovely little one-hour documentary about the happiest people in the world, and it's just, and happiness in general. So there's lots of things like that, and What the Bleep, and Three Magic Words, and The Secret, all these sorts of things. I love all that sort of stuff for, for kind of personal development thinking and things. But when it comes to other films, everybody likes such different stuff, and we get so much more from it. See, I really like things like Avatar. I quite like that kind of sci-fi thing, but then I also like a just to sit down with my daughter, one of the best things, and watch something like Leap Year, you know, a real classic comedy, romantic film, mm. and just laugh, and to get to the end of it and feel all gooey inside, and, you know, with you know when your cheek muscles ache slightly from <laughs> smiling and laughing and going, oh, it's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and that gives you that moment, just that hour, a couple of hours of escapism mm. and that's what I think films are about so although I, there's lots of films I love and, and things that they're going to I think for me mostly if you're going to find that time to do it then just massively enjoy it yeah. whatever it is for you but they, there's yeah I do love all those films like Happy is a really sweet documentary to watch yeah I've not uh, not seen that so another thing I, that's the thing with these podcasts I've got such a long list now of books films <laughs> tools apps that I need to go and check out so uh, it's great so what about if um, things don't go right if you have a, a bad day or you don't get done what you were expecting to get done how, how does that all play out for you oh there's so different types of bad days if it's a bad day where everything is going wrong and it's all a bit of a nightmare if there's nothing that is majorly majorly life will end if this doesn't get done today in which case if there is that then I will try and get that one thing done and then I will write off the rest of the day and go and have a bath or have a nap or just get out and go for a walk or go get my daughter and then do food and, and just basically switch. you have to physically it's like physically switching off a switch in your head to say I am no longer going to think about anything to do with work until tomorrow and then I will have a really good day and I'm going to get up early and I'm going to make a plan and I'm going to stick to that plan we're going to get these things done and then it's all going to be awesome so sometimes you just got to write off the day yeah. and because it, it could be emotional reasons it could be for whatever it, ones that are outside of your control and your awareness sometimes you have a bad day just because it's a bad day and you brain has decided it's going to be a bad day and the next day you wake up and you think oh I obviously just really felt off kilter yesterday yeah I feel perfectly normal again today so you have those off days but then there's days where there's so much to do and it feels literally overwhelming to the point that you you kind of feel you can't even express how overwhelmed you feel it's like it's physically trying to burst out of your body Mm -hmm. I get it in my chest. <laughs> I feel like there's something wants to burst out of my chest, like in Aliens. <laughs> um, <laughs> and get, but, I, but I can't get it out. So on those sorts of days, unfortunately, 
often the case is that actually the only way through is to work through it because the only way to clear the overwhelm and the stuff that you're doing is to actually get that stuff off your to-do list. So on those sorts of days, even though some there are often days when you really don't feel like it because you feel so overwhelmed, I have to tell myself there is the light at the end of the tunnel and when it gets to seven o'clock tonight or whatever, I am going to stop. But until that point, I'm going to work and I am going to focus and I am going to get this done and I'm not going to get distracted. I will put my phone on airplane mode so no one can reach me. I'm going to turn off Facebook and the internet so I can't get that. I'm just going to get these things done and I'm going to get them done as quickly and as effectively and efficiently as I possibly can mm -hmm. and tick them off my list. And then when you get to the end of the day, you tick your list and you look and you think, do you know what, actually... I've done it, and then you can relax and then crack on with the next day. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes those days, that is the only way to do it. Yes, yeah, and no, I agree. So what about a day then when you end the day knowing that you've had the chance to live more? And I talk about that being doing the stuff that you want to do rather than the stuff that you feel you have to do or you should do or, you know, it's just this big pile of to-do things. So when you've had that chance to live more, what have you done? What's your day look like? In a worky day, like Monday was one of those days. It was really cool. I had a day of delivering workshops that I'd worked hard to create previously so I knew that the work had gone into them but when it comes around to the actual day it feels like fun you know you're working through you're helping people do stuff one of the biggest bonuses from the day was the fact that the ladies that joined me on the morning workshop for goal setting also stayed we all had lunch together and then did an afternoon of planning so we looked at we basically looked at trying to create a, a structured marketing plan for the whole year mm -hmm. and and then, in the, then they, we all stayed, apart from I had a bit of a computer tech issue, so I had to kind of scarper back home quickly to try and fix it. And everybody else stayed for dinner. And then all of them stayed again, and we, they all stayed for my free workshop in the evening as well. So by the end of the day, they were all giggling and hugging each other, and it was just so lovely. It was such a nice bonus to help people create friendships yes. as part of your working day. That is a day when I felt like I had given back, but also earned myself because I'd been increasing the visibility of myself I've got jobs off the back of it from the from the workshops and bits and pieces like that so there was definite work done I made money but I also made friends and I helped people and it was a positive thing so that was a really good work day for me mm -hmm. uh, a day that stands out when you say that for me was when we were surfing in Cornwall <laughs> and I had a day it was gorgeous weather we were on holiday my mum and my daughter and myself because my other half is not overly keen on things on holidays, like on sandy beaches. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I agree with so you. Just leave them at home on that occasion because then you have a much nicer holiday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you want to come and spend time on the beach and looking round museums and things, and he's like, no. So these days, and that's fine because he can look the dog, look after the dog. So we were down there. We were in Polseth, which is this lovely little beach, and my mum's grandparents used to live there so she was showing us around all the things she used to do when she was little so we had that nice kind of memory lane bit yeah and then it was boiling hot weather so we were on the beach all day and it was boiling and lovely and gorgeous and that was the day we had our surfing lesson for two hours which was hilarious and really lovely mother and daughter bonding time and also mum was there watching all the stuff on the beach so she was able to enjoy it as well take some photos and then afterwards we went to this beachside bar on the beach, literally on the beach where we were surfing all day and we sat and had a beer and something to eat and watched the sun go down and then we went, we went back to our little cottage which was only 10 minutes up the road. That is like 
a day when I've really felt like I lived yeah. fully and consciously and did all the good things that you should be doing. And yeah, so that's that's one of my big standout good days of the last couple of years. Yes, yeah. Again, lovely to to have those sort of vivid in your mind as well. I think we have these days where things are really good and and we don't always sort of stop and remember them on the day enough that we can then look back at them in that sort of uh, vivid detail so so that's it's great to hear that you've got that sort of really strong example where you, you can almost feel it can't you when you think back to those sort of times you can, oh yeah it was uh, one of those days where all the way through the day you were thinking this is one of those days this is a really good day this mm -hmm. is a day where I'm consciously grateful for the day yeah at multiple times during the day but I am a big practicer of being consciously grateful so I guess that's a bit of a habit as well mm, yeah brilliant <laughs> <laughs> well what can I say it's been a great interview I've got so many things to go and investigate having uh, spoken with you and uh, and also just to sort of uh, you know put things in order in, in my my life do more stuff <laughs> um, so thank you Sophie really appreciate you joining me um, so pleasure. so how can people find out more about you and connect with you where, where would you like to send them and there is more you can send them to more than one place <laughs> oh more than one place so for people who like the idea of gratitude and positivity and think that they would like a little bit more of that in their lives I have got my free gratitude challenge which is basically you get an email every day for 30 days and you can join my lovely little gratitude group on Facebook which we just basically write in there things we're grateful for every day. It's a really positive, lovely thing. So if you're feeling a little bit down in the dumps or uninspired, that's a really nice thing. And that's gratitudechallenge.co.uk. So that's a nice, simple one. Yep. Uh, in terms of work stuff, because I probably should mention work stuff. <laughs> <laughs> giving back Can't thing. just go surfing every day, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. So work stuff, if you go to brandkitchen.co.uk, then you can find on there lots of free stuff. There's like a time management download, which is a little ebook with all the top tips for time management. I've got us getting started with social media freebie in there. There's blogs, there's podcasts, there's all sorts of stuff. So there's loads of free, great free stuff. Uh, and there's also obviously lots of other little online workshops and bits and pieces they can find from from in there to work with me. And obviously, if they want to talk to me about doing one-to-one -one stuff, I say they. I'm flipping between third and whoever <laughs> many types of people. If you would like to find out more about working with me, then you can find pretty much all of it on brandkitchen.co.uk, whether it be one-to-one -one group stuff or online workshops or the freebies. It's all good. It's all there. Lovely. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you very much indeed. Are you a home-based coach or consultant feeling like you need a bit of help? Our Power to Live More Calm membership is designed to meet you where you're at with the help you need in the moment so you can get unstuck, move forwards and get stuff done. You might think this sounds too good to be true or maybe wondering how it would fit with how you work and run your business. Why not have a no obligation chat with Jo to see how she can help you? All you need to do is go to powertolivemore.com slash calm call. Use your power to live more.